For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Welcome to Turning Point. You were created to know your Creator. Not just to know things about Him, but to really know Him. Deeply, intimately, personally. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah begins a series to help you experience that closeness, the God you may not know. If you're ready to grow in your relationship with God, listen as David introduces his message, Knowing the God You Worship. Thank you so much for joining us today as we begin a brand new series of study. I like to uh, kind of mix up the way we go through the Bible. We'll have uh, verse-by-verse studies like we've had from Esther. Then we'll have a little theological study, which is taking what the Scripture says about certain things and tracing the theme all the way through the Bible. This particular series is based on a book that I've written called The God You May Not Know, and it is simply studying the attributes of God that are revealed about Him in the Scripture. We'll take them one at a time. Each of them will be an incredible blessing to us. And uh, we begin today in just a moment with Knowing the God You Worship, an introductory message to the series. And uh, we hope that you will still take advantage of the opportunity we've made available to all of you to receive a special resource for the month of March. Uh, That resource is the book by O.S. Hawkins called The Promise Code, and it's yours for a gift of any size in these next two days. When you send your gift, ask for the book, and we'll send it to you right away. Well, we want to get started with our lesson today and give ourselves enough time for part one of Knowing the God You Worship. I'm glad that you're here for the beginning of this new series. I confess that it is very intimidating to me to try to give a series of messages on God. Who can understand God? How do we wrap our arms around God? I heard a story about a little girl who was in her third grade class and they were in art and she was drawing a picture almost all the other students had left and she was laboring over this picture and her teacher went back and said honey what are you doing she said I'm drawing a picture of God and her teacher who was a Christian lady said well that's going to be really hard because the Bible says nobody's ever seen God and nobody knows what he looks like and the little girl said well when I'm finished with my picture they will (laughs) I hope that when I'm finished with this series, we will know about God a little more than we do. But I tell you the truth, it's very intimidating, and I'm very humbled and honored to be standing here and telling you about the God that I love. Morris Davis was put in jail for praying. It all happened when he was picked up and charged with arson. After his arrest, he was taken to a room at the police station for a lie detector test. And thinking he was alone, he prayed that old familiar prayer, Lord, let me get away with it just once. (laughs) A policeman overheard his prayer and submitted it as evidence against him. The lower court ruled that 
This was a private conversation and therefore could not be submitted as evidence. The Canadian government, however, appealed this ruling and the Court of Appeals decided that it was admissible evidence because prayer is not a conversation since God is not a person. Following the trial, an American newspaper picked up the story and ran it under the headline, God Ruled a (laughs) Non-Person. And that's kind of stark to us who know God and speak of Him often. But people have always lived as if God were not a person. Many people suspect that He lives, but they don't know very much about Him, and they never live as if they expect to meet Him again person to person. I guess I should just make this statement right up front. God is a person, and one day we will all see him face to face. As we begin this series, I just want you to know that nothing is really more important to your life or mine right now than knowing God. A.W. Tozier, who is the dean of modern writers on this subject, said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. We tend by a secret law to move toward our mental image of God. The most determining factor about any man is not what he at any given time may say or do, but what he in his deepest heart considers God to be like. So let me ask you a question. When you think of God, what do you think of? You know, one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is if we know that God is a father, we often think of God as we think of our father. If we've had good fathers, we have a good God. If we don't have good fathers, our God suffers a great deal. But what we think about when we think about God is very important, and it says more about us than we really know. In other words, our personalities will inevitably conform to our God's. We are made in the image of God, and when we worship an inferior version, when we worship an idol, whatever it is, we become like what we worship. Oh, you say, Pastor Jeremiah, nobody in modern day worships an idol, and if you think I'm talking about a little wooden thing you sit on a shelf, then that's true. But an idol is the thing or person that comes first in our lives. And we will either be deformed by our idols or we'll be transformed by our God. If your God is money, you will become a materialist. If your God is sex, you will become increasingly sensual. If your God is yourself, you'll be more and more self-focused. But if your God is the almighty creator, you've got a whole life ahead of you to enjoy him, and you will spend eternity with him someday. According to the Bible, our God is this awesome person. He's the everlasting father. He's the God of hosts. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. He's the author and finisher, the alpha and omega. He's the comforter, the counselor, the creator. He's the great physician and the God of all grace. His name is I Am and the Holy One of Israel. We call him Jehovah, the Most High. He's the Lord of the living and the Lord of the dead. He is maker, mediator, and man of sorrows. 
He is our prophet, our priest, our king, our redeemer, our refuge, and our rock. He's the ruler of heaven and earth, and he's the friend of sinners. He's wonderful. And the study of God that we are about to begin reveals to us that God can be known because God reveals himself in the Scripture It's the greatest subject we will ever, ever explore, for God is the apex of reality. If you want to have an investigation that takes you to the highest of your intellectual powers, if you want to study something that will challenge you at the very limit of your ability to comprehend, study God. Trying to comprehend the person of God is like trying to capture all the galaxy of the universe in a child's prism. (laughs) But God wants us to know him. He has revealed himself to us through nature and in the scripture. It is true that no man can ever fully know God or he would be God's equal. It often intrigues me that people criticize the God that we talk about because they don't understand him as if God and that person would have a cup of coffee someday in a restaurant and God would say, you bring your universe and I'll bring mine and let's have a discussion. Or they don't understand why God is so hard for us to comprehend. He is so far beyond anything we could ever know. His ways are higher than our ways. His words greater than our words. But that does not mean that we cannot know him. We will never know him in his totality or we would be equal to him, but we can know what he reveals about himself. Perhaps this verse from the book of Deuteronomy will help us. It's Deuteronomy 29, 29, and here's what it says. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever. There are some things about God that are secret. We will never understand. Maybe even in heaven, we will not be able to comprehend it all. But the Bible says there are secret things and there are revealed things. And we're going to talk about the revealed things. We're going to learn what God has given us to know about himself. And the Bible says this is something we can treasure and our children can treasure it forever. We can all know more about God than we know and we can be closer to him than we are. Because you know, we are made to know God. We were created to relate to him, to know him personally as a father, as a friend, as a creator, as a sustainer. And when everything around us fails, he never does. When the foundations tremble, he is changeless and immovable and eternal in the heavens. When our hearts are overwhelmed, the Bible says he is the rock that is higher than we are. The Apostle Peter was nearing the end of his time on this earth, writing his last letter, and he wrote in his last words these instructions to us. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter said, make it your goal to grow in your knowledge of the Lord God. So I want to begin by giving you some reasons why we should be concerned about knowing God. And along the way, perhaps some things we learn from the Scripture that help us to do that. First of all, it's important to know that knowing God is a high priority. The priority of knowing God. 
King David is a poster child for all of this. In Psalm 27, 4, he said, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For David, knowing God was his ultimate priority. It was his one thing. He wanted to behold the Lord, to grow in his knowledge of God, and to learn more about him all the days of his life. Growing in the knowledge of God means we are learning more about him, which is the greatest intellectual pursuit of the human mind. The subject of God is all-encompassing, as we've already mentioned. But knowing about him is only part of it. Knowing him personally is the ultimate goal. Psalm 100, verse 3 says, Know the Lord, that he is God, that he has made us and not we ourselves. Let me just say to you, if evolution is true, if we are just evolved from primordial sludge through random mutations caused by improbable biological accidents, we are as good as dead. (laughs) But if we have an eternal creator who made us in his image, nothing could be more important than learning all we can about him in whose image we have been created. Because if we learn about God, we learn about ourselves. And the more we learn about him, the more we're awestruck with the majesty of his being. Our priority is not just knowing about God. This is not just an intellectual pursuit. I hope we don't end up saying at the end of these messages, wow, I know a lot more about God than I did before. I hope we end up saying I know God better than I did before. We know about him and then we know him. Here's how that differs. What is the difference between knowing about him and knowing him? Well, the thought that God is present everywhere is an attribute of God. We call it his omnipresence. The thought that God is everywhere is a staggering thought. But the thought that he is present with me wherever I go and whatever I need, that's personal. That's knowing him. The thought that God knows everything, we call that omniscience. He's all-knowing. That's a tremendous truth about God. But to know that every detail of my life, he understands. That he knew me before I was born. That he knows me and that makes a difference. The thought the Lord is all-powerful, that's his omnipotence. That makes us marvel at how great he is. But when he does something great in your life, that becomes personal. And you see him in that personal way. You don't know about him. Now you know him through his power. The fact that he's immutable, that's a great term. That means he never changes. It's good to know that God is changeless. But it's even more important to know that when you're going through the ups and downs of your life, the God you're serving is always the same, and you can trust him, and he will be there for you, and you can know that. The thought that God is love, it's wonderful to contemplate. He is not just loving, he is love. But to know him in his loving, personal relationship with you, that's the difference between knowing about him and knowing him. So I say again, my hope is that you won't just know more about him, but that by knowing more about him, you will know him better and how much he loves you.
The Apostle Paul was like David of the Old Testament. If you read his letters, you discover it pretty quickly. When he wrote to the Philippians, he said this. He said, I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord. Paul said, everything else is totally unimportant to me compared to my desire to know the Lord. I know this is high and holy territory, and once again I confess to feeling very intimidated about this. But if God says we can know him, we can know him. And if God says that in his word he will help us learn how to know him, he will indeed. Let's don't make this so theological and so complicated that we don't get it. Getting to know God is really not much different than getting to know another person. I mean, there's 7.6 billion people on this earth, most of whom you and I will never meet. Of those we do meet, we will only know most of them casually or in passing. But from time to time, we meet someone with whom we develop a friendship. And by spending time together, we talk to them and we listen to them and we learn about their stories and they learn about ours. And we become better acquainted and we do so by spending time together. Our relationship grows, our knowledge of the other person deepens in our mutual love and concern. A few of these people that we meet become our friends and they become our dearest, best, and closest friends. Getting to know God is the same. We meet him through Jesus Christ, who by his death, resurrection, and ascension has given us access into his presence. We get to know him better by spending time with him. We talk to God every day and we listen to him through his precious word. Let's face it, friends, if we're not careful, we become trained Christians, people who have learned to do the things others expect of us outwardly. But while maintaining all of these outward traditions that are a part of being a Christian, if we're not careful, our hearts turn cold toward God and they are starved out. There's an illustration of that in the book of Revelation when the letter is written to the church at Ephesus. The church at Ephesus in that book was a great church. In fact, I've often thought it would have been wonderful to pastor that church. All of the descriptions of it are dynamic and thrilling. It was a growing church that made a difference in its community. It only had one problem, and that is it had lost its first love for God. And I warn us all, and myself, you will never be happy or fulfilled by just doing the outward things of your religion or your relationship. It's all about what's in the core. It's all about, do you know the God you're worshiping? Is he really important to you? Have you entered into a relationship with him? Here's the principle that we cannot afford to forget. We can only worship someone we love, and we can only love someone we know. And our goal is to know him better. It's a priority. Here's the second thing. Did you know that in knowing God, there is great dignity? And here's a verse of Scripture from that famous book written by a dynamic prophet whose name was Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Listen to these words from the Scripture. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches. 
But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. What does that mean? It means that God is not interested in how much money we make, and we should never glory in that. That God is not interested in how powerful we are, that's not our priority in life. That God does not really care how popular we are. God says the thing that we should brag about, if we're going to brag about anything, is that we know God, that we know Him. In 2017, Kristen Piotowski and Tucker Gladhill celebrated their wedding with friends at a golf club in New Jersey. It was about 10.30 at night, and the party was winding down. Kristen slipped into the bathroom, and hearing commotion in the ballroom, she quickly washed her hands, and without taking time to dry them, she rejoined the party. Standing there to her amazement was an unexpected guest the President of the United States of America. He had been in a meeting upstairs in that very hotel, was on his way back to the White House, and seeing the wedding party, he crashed it. <laughs> Kristen offered him her wet hand, explaining that she had just been washing them, and the President stayed around for several minutes, chatting with the couple, posing for pictures. Believe me, those wedding pictures will never, ever be lost they will be passed down to the children and every grandchild in the future. Having the leader of the free world in your wedding pictures is something to boast about. But it doesn't come close to having the creator of the whole world as your intimate friend. The Bible tells us we shouldn't brag or base our self-esteem on our wisdom, our education, or our physical conditioning or financial well-being. We are to glory in someone that we've met someone we know, and someone we love, we should freely boast in the Lord, and we know him, and that he knows us, and he's a God who exercises kindness. Paul wrote in Galatians, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. What turns your crank? What gets you up in the morning? What do you brag about? What do you tell people about yourself? The Bible says... All of that stuff that we talk about at the water cooler, most of it isn't that important. But if you know God, you got something to brag about. If you know God, you can put your shoulders back and be confident in your life. Knowing God brings dignity to your life. Knowing God is something that makes you special. Amen. Amen. Boy, is that true and in this day more than ever before. Say, friends, uh, have you ever been to Alaska? I'm sure you've seen pictures of it on television and in magazines. I remember the first time I went, I wasn't really too excited. I wanted to go someplace warm. And uh, when I got to Alaska and saw the beauty of that place, I was overwhelmed. And the result of that is I've been there 30 sometimes every year uh, around uh, July, August, we go to Alaska, and we take as many people with us as we can. We're going again this year, July 15th through the 22nd. It will be an all-star crowd of people. We have uh, 
James Brown and Tony Dungy from CBS Sports with us. We have Michael Sanchez and Uriel Vega. We have all of the team from Turning Point and many wonderful guests. You don't want to miss this opportunity. And I'm telling you this, and I'm not, I'm not uh, as some people say, I'm not blowing smoke here. This cruise is growing faster than any cruise to Alaska we have ever done. Every day we're taking many registrations. And the reason I say that is we don't have the whole ship. We have half of it, and it will be it will be completely booked, I'm certain, before you might think you have time to make your last-minute reservation. So this time, don't wait till the last minute. Go to our website, get the information, make your contact, register to come with us. It's going to be an incredible week, and that's July 15th through the 22nd in Alaska. Before we get there, we'll be in Boise, Idaho on April the 20th in the Extra Mile Arena. Tickets are available from our headquarters uh, at davidjeremiah.org slash tours. When you request the tickets, they'll be sent to you. You'll have them in plenty of time. And what I've been saying to our friends in the Boise area, drive-in people from many miles outside. Some are flying in for this event. We don't come to this part of the country very often. This is the first time ever in all these years we've been doing events. We hope you will make it special and come and be with us. And we'll see you next time right here on Turning Point. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The God You May Not Know, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of the latest book from leader and author O.S. Hawkins, The Promise Code, 40 Bible Promises Every Believer Should Claim. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions, available in a variety of attractive cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue The God You May Not Know on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. Regrets are part of life, and not just for us. The three disciples who were closest to Jesus, Peter, James, and John, had regrets as well. One of their deepest regrets was undoubtedly when Jesus asked them three times to pray for him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and each time he found them sleeping instead of praying. 
I imagine they regretted that night forever. But instead of berating them, Jesus said something instructive. He said, rise, let us be going. In other words, what's done is done. We don't live in the past. We accept God's forgiveness and we follow Christ into the future. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's solution to regret on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.